0: can stay cool, frozen, chilly. All of those adjectives in my refrigerator right now. Because to do an episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, I must unplug my refrigerator because it is the loudest thing on earth. Compare your lawnmower while you're mowing the yard to my refrigerator. My refrigerator might be louder. So in order for you to hear me speak, or the goodness, the awesomeness, the creativeness of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we have to unplug the refrigerator so you can hear me. Otherwise, you will hear a... And that is the best sound effect I could make that is almost the exact sound of my refrigerator. But anyway, it is unplugged for a few as I speak into the mic for an awesome episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We are on number 96. Special guest for this show is Bailey Lear. He is a Ottawa native who has now won his third straight Illinois Valley Men's Golf Championship. Not last weekend, but the weekend before. Today is Tuesday, August 11th. Not the weekend that just passed, but the weekend before that. Won his third straight, he's three 0 He's been in three, won three. We talk about that during the conversation and much, much, much more. Bailey is a great dude. I love talking to him. So I was very, very happy to have him on Edge of URC Podcast. No doubt. I'm Brandon Lachance. Thank you for joining us. Don't know where you listen to this episode, but every episode, all 95 previous episodes, this episode, and all the ones in the future to come can be listened to on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. You can catch us on social media, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your C P. P. If you have anything that you want to discuss, behind the scenes, on the scenes, any scenes, whatever scenes, Edge of Your Seat Podcast at gmail.com. Special shout-out to Brian Cavelli, the creator of the intro and outro beat for Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Good friend of mine was just shouted out on Timberland's beat club because he continues to make awesome beats all the time great 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 producer and I'm glad he's getting a shout out by an icon a legend and one of his idols Brian Cavelli has always looked up to Timberland so to see that hear that that's amazing congrats my friend very special congrats from Edge of Seat podcast Want to give friend of the podcast, Pat Beals, a air hug, and air condolences. His mother passed away, Edge of URC podcast, and me, of course, Brandon Lachance. My thoughts, condolences, everything is with you, Pat, and your family, wife, Holly. I am really sad and sorry that you're going through this during this crazy, insane 2020 that needs to get better for all of us. I hope you can keep your head up, Pat. You're always a fun-loving guy, smiling, joking, having fun. I hope you can continue that. Maybe not real soon, maybe not right now, but in the future, soon future. Not far future, soon future. Again, Pat, we appreciate you at Edge of Your podcast and everything you do to help us. And your listening and your your shares and just having an awesome, awesome person to be able to talk to about sports and life and everything in general. Definitely thinking about you today and we will be thinking about you and your family for quite some time. One thing that Pat Beals helped us out with is a correction. So the very last episode, 95, with Tom Pomato had put Cubs and Sox had canceled their weekend series because of COVID-19 coronavirus. It was not the Sox. It was the Cubs and the Cards, the Cardinals. They postponed. The White Sox continued to play against the Indians. That was my bad. I looked at Cubs, I looked at Sox schedules and then joined them together when I spoke and when I posted on Facebook and Twitter what we were gonna have on the show. My fault, definitely need to look at that better. I am just excited to see the Cubs and the Sox play because both of them are really good right now. Lost here, lost there just because it's baseball but are fun to watch and I'm always excited to see the Cubs and the Sox play. I am not a hater of either one of them. I love the Cubs, I love the Sox, I love to see them play. And against each other is a special event. So thank you Pat for pointing that out to me. I really, really appreciate that. A few other things I want to speak of before we get to the amazing conversation with Bailey Lear. First. The NBA bubble ball has been very, very interesting, scoring's up, the games are fun to watch. And out of all the teams playing in the bubble, in Florida, in Orlando, would anybody think that the Phoenix Suns are 7-0? Never, 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 never would I think that the Suns are the last remaining unbeaten team in bubble ball. Never would have thought that. Devin Booker has been lighting it up, scored 35 points in the last game, To help them go 7-0. Props to the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they got young talent. Devin Booker's a stud. They have a lot of young talent that is not proven. But obviously, if you're in the NBA, I feel like you can ball. I know it would be like, oh, that guy's a scrub. He didn't really play much. Didn't play many minutes. Whatever, whatever. There's politics behind every team, every sports league, all professional, everything. There's politics. Maybe somebody didn't touch somebody the way that they wanted to, not physical touch, but emotional touch, maybe this person didn't like you because you said something even though you can play ball really well. Or, there's so many different things of how this world works, really how it works, how we would like to think it doesn't work, but everybody in the NBA can play ball, everybody. They go to a local gym in Illinois, Nebraska, Iowa, wherever, New York, anywhere they go, they're one of the best players there if not THE best player. And I'm talking about the scrubs who see minimal minutes on the NBA court. Not talking about LeBron James, he's the best player on the planet. Or top three or four. Not talking about players like that. Talking about players that when we hear their name or see their jersey, like, I wouldn't buy that, that dude's a scrub. Or you get to the garbage time and be like, oh yeah, that figure, he's on the court, that dude's a scrub. Those dudes can still hoop. Very well. Very, 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 very well would dominate anybody in your local ymca probably everybody in your local ymca oh my big 10 not only canceling cross country or volleyball or all of these sports that we all love to watch pay attention to play when we were younger or even when we are older but football as well big 10 if you did not know is a power five conference if you're listening to this podcast I'm pretty sure that you know Big Ten is a power five conference in football and basketball of course. But in football it's a huge deal. Always been a huge deal. And now they are not going to play football. Insane. The Pac-12 is also not playing football. Let me reverse the Big Ten. They are also not doing any fall sports. The Big Ten has canceled all fall sports. But it's crazy to think that football is not going to be played for Illinois or for Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes not playing football? The Michigan Wolverines not playing football? Michigan State the last two years has been surprisingly good. Just saying that because that is definitely a basketball school. Not known for their football numbers or football achievements or football wins. But they have been putting together quite a program and now there's going to be no Big Ten football. That is craziness but I do understand there's a pandemic there's this COVID-19 deal I cannot get through a show without saying it that's how serious it is and it is hitting rural areas all across the country it is no longer Boston Chicago New York New York LA Miami other huge cities in Florida and Illinois and it's not like that anymore it is hitting everywhere so be safe, be precautious, mask, wipe your hands, wash your hands, whatever you have to do to stay clean. Spray with Lysol, whatever you have to do to stay clean and help not spread the COVID any more than it's already being spread. But enough with that, back to college sports. So Pac-12, Big 10 out of football. The ACC and SEC have no plans to change anything. So they still wanna play football. Don't know how this is gonna work for having a national championship, playoffs with final four teams. So we're just gonna cut off two major conferences. So is this how a team like maybe Boise State back in the day or one of those teams that are not in a power five, but are a really good football team, is that how they finally slide in? Because there's two major conferences not competing? Is this when we see a mid-major D1 program get some shine on the college football scene? I can see it. Why not? Why not give love to these teams that are battling year in, year out, year in, year out, to be awesome, to get some love, to get in the playoffs, to show that they're worth having a shot at a national championship? Well, all right, Illinois. All right, USC. All right, Iowa. You don't want to play? All right, give us our shot. Maybe that's what they do. It would be really, really interesting to see if that's what happened. I've been making sure we do some scores, keeping people updated what is going on in the sports scene while I'm talking on the mic. I mean, because I'm trying to do these while things are going on. Had to do a lot of late night potting a few months ago because that was pretty much the only time you know I got to do it. But now schedule's kind of different and I can get in here right after work and try to get a podcast out at a decent hour instead of putting it out at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and then you not being able to listen to it until the next day or maybe a couple days later instead of when you had time. So trying to get better at getting these out when you can. Just you no know, schedule is life, man. It's craziness. So, bottom of the third the Chicago White Sox on the road playing the Detroit Tigers up for nothing. My boy Tim Anderson has a run. Jose Abreu has a run. Edwin Encarnación. I know I said that wrong. I try not to butcher his name, but I cannot say his name. There are some names that it doesn't matter how hard I try, I will just not get. I mean, I'm a good speaker, public speaker. I've talked in front of tons of people all at the same time. I'm a customer service representative at a bank, a big bank. And there are just some names that I cannot say. So Edwin E, he's got a run. And Eloy Jimenez has got a run. My other boy, I love Anderson. I love Eloy. Those are my guys on the White Sox. The four runs were scored off of a Braves double, which was a RBI. And then Jimenez hit a home run with two on. So that's how we got the four runs. Looking good, looking good here. Glad to see that they're up 4 nothing. Bottom of the third. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Looks like the Tigers got runners on first and second with no outs. So the Tigers could erase that goose egg right now. Oh, well, you know, we're going to hope that does not happen. In the top of the third, the Chicago Cubs are on the road against the Cleveland Indians. They are up 1 0. Wilson Contreras has the run for the Cubbies. RBI was off of Jason Hayward. I know everybody likes to talk smack about him, and he's only batting .211, but I love Jason Hayward's game. I don't know why, I love it. He doesn't have to be a crazy power hitter, but he does hit for contact, doesn't have the best averages, the best outfielder in the game to me, but I think Jason Hayward should be custom slack. He deserves a little slack at least. Other MLB games going on, the Miami Marlins are leading the Toronto Blue Jays, top of the fifth, 1-0. Cincinnati Reds up 5-1 over Kansas City The Yankees up over the Braves 3-0 in the bottom of the third Also in the bottom of the third, Baltimore Orioles and Philadelphia Phillies Zip, zip Washington Nationals leading the New York Mets 2-0 in the end of the second Boston Red Sox being blanked right now 1-0 by the Tampa Bay Rays in the top of the second And still, St. Louis is not playing games Because of COVID, they were supposed to play Pittsburgh. It has been postponed. It might be weather, but I'm saying St. Louis has not played a game in a little bit, and it is because of the pandemic. NBA bubble ball games are going on. Then, of course, tonight we got the Chicago Blackhawks linking up with the Vegas Golden Knights on the ice, NHL-style, playoff-style, at 9.30 tonight. I will probably be watching this. Let's see what they can do against Vegas. Vegas is pretty tough. And Chicago ending the regular season was 23rd in standings. So, I mean on paper, Vegas is gonna roll with this. Skate away, if we wanna use bad puns. But, never underestimate a team from Chicago. Let's have a word with our sponsor. During this pandemic, we have noticed a lot of things around our house that could be improved, renovated. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olsen Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Owner Keith Milas has been in construction for over 10 years and is willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982 or email olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Think that is all I wanted to talk about? Got some national sports, college, MLB, NBA, NHL, and shout out to all of you, the listeners of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Appreciate you. Listening to us, I've gotten a lot of feedback lately, and appreciate everything. Much love, much love. So let's get to Bailey Lear, awesome golfer. He is amazing, great conversationalist as well. Let's get to it, so you can find out for yourself. Until next time, peace. I have not got to do this yet during ninety plus episodes of Edge of URC podcast, so I have to do it. Three-time, three-time, three-time champion, Bailey Lear joins us. Just won his third Illinois Valley Men's Golf Championship. How's it going, my friend? It's, it's going well. How are you doing? I am, like, ecstatic now that I got to do, like, a three-time champion deal. It was just for um, you. Um, yeah? That does feel go good to hear it, I guess. So we'll start right there. I mean, three times in a row winning... I think the toughest golf championship, tournament, two-day extravaganza in the Illinois Valley. I mean, how does that feel to say you've won in three straight years? Well, it definitely feels good. I, I, I mean, when you do it three times in a row, it's, I guess it just
1: makes me feel good because consistently I've been in the running every year I've played it. So it's,
0: it's just nice to see that consistency pay off. So not only is it three in a row, it's 3-0, and oh, like no losses. Yeah, that's, yeah, when you put it that way, it is nice. So now that you've won three in a row, are you retiring, never going to do it again, so you stay unblemished?
1: Well, I guess I could go the
0: Michael Jordan route and, you know, take two years off and then maybe come back for three more in a row, hopefully. So now you're going the MJ route, are you going to get into gambling? <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> are you going to gamble on other golfers in the Illinois Valley Tournament?
1: That would be an interesting way to do it, though. I mean, like start a board, start a you know odds line on you know who makes the cut, who who finishes where. I'm surprised that actually hasn't happened in the Illinois Valley, considering we're probably one of the most gambling counties in
0: probably the United States. Now I feel like we have to stop talking about this because there's going to be a hitman or something <laughs> after us because we're opening up something here. Yeah, it's, maybe it'll get started next year. <laughs> if you don't play in it, I know who we're going to say started it first. Hopefully, oh yeah. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll play in it then. But just talk about being able to play and win against some of the competition that's in there. Like I said, I feel it's the toughest in the area. I mean, there are a lot of great golfers in that tournament.
1: Yeah, if it's not the toughest in the area, it's definitely, not you know, the, it's, it's tough to compare because... I mean, there's a lot of really, really good golfers in the area. The only other tournament that I could think of that draws the same competition is the Pine Hills Invite because you get a lot of, uh, you know, like Chicago golfers. You get golfers from all over the place. But even saying that, I mean, a lot of those players, or a lot of players that play in this IB don't play in the Pine Hills tournament. The Illinois Valley definitely has a wide variety of really, really good golfers. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a tough tournament, and it's, it's always really – really tight there's always like it seems like there's always 10 or 15 people on the leaderboard that are you know right there going into the the last 9 holes
0: and this year was no exception right you were
1: well i think i think this year was even more so i think this year going into like the last 9 to 12 holes i feel like there was like more than 10 people that were within like you know 3 or 4 strokes so did you get scared
0: did you get a little nervous thinking somebody's going to no come? i
1: actually Through, I want to say through eight holes, I was probably four back. I was not playing well to start that round. But at Oak Ridge, I mean, there's a lot of holes on that back nine that, you know, they're tricky. So there's, there's definitely room to make up. So I, you know, I kept trying to just tell
0: myself, shoot three or four under on the back nine and you'll be right there. And at least give it a try or give it a go. So Sunday, I guess second round was at Seneca's Oak Ridge, correct? Yeah, the first round was at Deer Park, and then the second round was at uh, Oak Ridge. Definitely. Two courses that I'm sure you've golfed at millions of times. Yeah,
1: you know, Oak Ridge, when I played at IBCC, that was our main course. And then in high school, it seemed like Oak Ridge was, like, every year we played regionals at Oak Ridge. So I'm, I've i definitely experienced a lot of time at Oak Ridge. This year a little more so I got engaged to a Seneca, so now, now I'm playing
0: a little more at Oak Ridge. And then Deer Park, I was a member at for a year or two, a couple of years back. Nice. And who is the Seneca you're getting engaged to? You are you already? That is, that is Heather Seneca. Well, congratulations to you and Heather. Well, thank you. Big shout out for engagement. Did you do it on the golf course? I did at Fine else Nice. How did I know you were <laughs> going to say yes? That just how like did you know? Yeah. How, how did you guess that? <laughs> it just sounds like something Bailey Lear would do. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, I think she might like golf more than I do. No way. Yeah. It's, yeah. Do you guys play often together? Yeah. She actually hits the ball
1: pretty good. You can edit that part out, though. I don't want her here. Yeah. I want to get her confidence too. I maybe she'll start
0: beating me sometime. Uh oh. She hasn't beaten you yet. Oh god, god no. <laughs> it may be. Maybe this will. Oh, uh, the day that the day that happens, I probably won't be playing as much. So then that will be the real reason, not that you started a gambling ring. Yeah, that would probably be the reason. A couple more things about the Illinois Valley Men's Golf Championship. First, I know the format changed this year. It used to be where it would be either a Saturday or Sunday on one week, and then you would wait a weekend and then play the next weekend, you know, the second round. This year was both Saturday and Sunday. How did that work for you? Standardly, I just
1: think that's the better way to play a tournament you could look at it one of two ways, you know, maybe you struggle the first round, and if you have a week off, well, now you can work on your game a little bit, and then you have that week to work on your game and try to fix it for the next week. For me, I just like the format of you know, day one and day two are right next to each other, just because it, it gets you more in a groove, especially this year, this, this is the first tournament I played in all year, so I tournament play and, you know, regular play are two completely different things, no matter any way you look at it. So when you have them both Consecutively it's just easier to try to find that groove and at least get used to it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I definitely prefer the consecutive days and I think it just works out better, you know. Some people it's just hard to, you know, get commit to two weekends of golf. You know, people are busy, it's it's just much easier
0: to just commit to one weekend, play two days in a row and then that's it. And talking to people that run the tournament I think it was Mason said, like, that was one of the main reasons that they did this was because, you know, it's hard to get those weekends off or those weekends to come back in town if you're not from, if you're not living in this area now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and it kind of showed, I mean,
1: I I think partially, I think people were just excited to play in a tournament again because Mm -hmm. nothing's been going on this year because of, you know, the whole pandemic, so... I think that was part of the reason why they got a lot of people but they got 160 something i think it was 163 people which is a huge amount of people and i think that can definitely be attributed to the fact that you know that it's all on one weekend yeah i don't think you get that turnout if it's two separate
0: weeks i know probably about four to five years ago they were having trouble getting like 80.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure last year they got like 110 and they were ecstatic, which 110 is a really good turnout. That's a really good turnout. And to get 160, that's that's, that's huge. I don't think you can fit much more than 160 in a, in a tournament.
0: Next year, they might have to worry about cutting it off. Maybe. I mean, that's a lot of golfers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You had said before, you know, this year, maybe more than years previous, or the two years since this was your third year in it, that there was – You know more people that were only you know three four strokes off do you think that was another reason because of the additional golfers
1: yeah possibly i don't really know because they haven't flighted so there's championship flight a flight and B flight i'm not sure how many more championship flight players that they had but just you know if you look at the names on on the leaderboard it just seemed like there was a lot deeper of a field and, you know, a lot of these high school kids are coming up and, you know, they're getting a lot better and they're starting to compete as well. It's kind of weird for me to say high school kids. I feel like that's, that was me and now
0: it's not even not even close. And that's a good transition. That's what I was going to talk about next. I mean, you graduated from Ottawa in 2013, go to IVCC for two years, then you went to another college. And then now you have been in this for three years. So... It wasn't too long ago you were that high school kid. Yeah, I, I know.
1: I feel like I still am, but that was like, what, seven or eight years ago? Time flies,
0: my friend. I know. That's crazy. So let's kind of backtrack a little bit. Let's talk about Ottawa, IVCC, and what was the college that you went to after then? Uh, it's called Cardinal Stretch University. It's a NAIA school. It's up in Milwaukee. Definitely. Let's just kind of talk about your schooling and you know how that helped you on the golf teams get to where you're at now.
1: I always felt like
0: ottawa was a great experience for me i got lucky with the team that i had i
1: was brought up to varsity my my sophomore year the other kid that was my age was lane Barbier. we always just kind of pushed each other and i think that was a great situation for me because you know i didn't really get serious into golf until probably just right before my freshman year of high school i had always played it because it was you know my dad and my uncle play so i I'd always played it, but I really didn't get serious into it because I played other sports up until then. So Ottawa was great because, you know, I finally was actually competing with kids my age, and it kind of pushed me harder. It's our senior, I think, is when we finally we qualified as a team for state. And I think we placed seventh. You guys were
0: some killers that year. I remember that.
1: Me and Lane were the top two. My cousin, Dane, was the three. Carter, Piercy, I can't remember who our fifth was. But, yeah, we had a we had a pretty
0: good team. I remember watching you guys, I think it was at the Mendota Ryder Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was always fun. I, yeah, I remember you guys that year. Uh, if I remember right, you guys tore up everybody.
1: Yeah, I think me and Lane won, I don't know if it was our senior year or junior year. I, I know on our senior year, we, we didn't play very well, and I, Dane, I think it was Dean and Carter Piercy had a really good tournament the, our senior year. I know me and Lane won our junior year. But that was that was always a fun tournament because it just it was kind of a different format that you you don't get used to and it was pretty cool to actually get to play with a partner and try to win as you know as a duo
0: rather than just completely individual. What do you think about Mendota Golf Course compared to the other ones that you go to? I don't have that much experience on it. I've played it you know a couple times in high
1: school and then last year at the Ivy Men's Championship we played it in the first round. So I've probably only played it three or four times. It's a nice little track, it's it's definitely quirky. The greens are small, they're always firm and fast when it's tournament time. Course that, if you're a local and you've played it a lot, you definitely have an advantage because there's little quirks and angles that, you know, me coming in, I, I had no idea about. I actually just played it safe and hit iron off the tee. I think almost every hole I might have hit one driver that day,
0: but it's definitely a quirky little course that it's, it's tough if you don't put it in the right spot. What is your favorite course in the area? Is it Pine Hills? Oh boy. Oh, you're gonna get me in trouble on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so what we try to do here at LGRC
1: podcast. Ask I, should the say, I, sh- I should say Pine Hills my favorite. Oh uh, uh, man. I always like playing Deer Park. Oak Ridge is probably, in my opinion, the nicest course around. Pine Hills is probably my favorite
0: and Deer- Pine Hills and Deer Park I would say are my two favorites. Oak Ridge is the scenery when you walk out of the clubhouse is like you're at a- yeah I mean Oak, Oak Ridge is definitely
1: you know if you're walking on the golf course if you know you're not playing and you're just looking at it it's definitely pretty much the nicest course you can possibly vision around here the fairways are awesome the greens are always fast I mean it's a beautiful course and I, I mean I guess I've had some pretty good luck on it the last couple of years but that's that's another course I mean the greens are really quirky that if you don't know the breaks, it's tough to get something going
0: out there. And you mentioned, you know, these courses that you were also playing when you got to IVCC. So you leave Ottawa, go to IVCC. How did those two uh, years there help advance your career even further? It was nice because at IV, it
1: was, um, the way they set it up, I, I think in the, in the fall, you're just playing a couple tournaments and then the spring is the main season and it's conference and you have an 18 hole tournament once or twice a week. I think that was good just because you get more tournament repetition, whereas in high school you 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 know, you get a couple of these 18-hole tournaments, but a lot of it's just nine-hole matches. It's just always better to get more tournament repetition because, I, as I mentioned earlier, there's such a big difference between just going out and playing nine holes or playing 18 holes
0: and then switching to tournament mode. It's, it's a completely different game. And then, of course, you leave IVCC, go to Cardinal Stitch, finish your two years of college there. What was the difference of competition between junior college to NAIA? Was it a big jump? Oh, uh, night and day. Because
1: at Stretch, we were one of the top-rated NAIA schools in the, in the nation. And then we are also playing D1 tournaments as well. So, I mean, there was great competition at IVCC, but the depth of the fields when you go to um, – NAIA, Division Two, II, Division Three, Division One tournaments, the fields are so much deeper, and there's so many more better players. Like a 78 in junior colleges, you might finish in the middle of the pack, whereas if you shoot a 78 in the bigger tournaments in
0: the NAIA or Division One tournaments, you know, you're know you finishing towards the bottom of the field. So you're looking at the field, you're in JUCO, you're like, okay, maybe these 10 can win. And then you look at, say, with, I mean, with Cardinal Stritch, and you're like, okay, you're at a tournament, maybe like these 10, 35 could win. Is it kind of like that? Yeah,
1: yeah. And and it's just, you know, I feel like at, at JUCO, you're playing against the same schools pretty much every single tournament. Everyone's a familiar face. So you kind of know who's, like, the top 10 going into it, whereas when I went to stretch, I mean, you get a couple of the same teams every tournament. But, you know, when you go to a Division one tournament, now you're playing 10 Division one schools and maybe a couple of NAI schools. So it, it's just a bunch of... Different people that you've never played
0: with, you've never heard of. But yeah, definitely to go off that, there's 50 people that can win those. And being able to play and hang with that competition, how did that get to you? Like, hey, I can play in this level, I can do this. Does that kind of keep you motivated? Oh, absolutely. And then just the
1: different courses you play is a real challenge. Because I mean, the course I played at, our home course for Scritch, if you missed the fairway, you were in jail every single time. It was one of the harder courses that I've ever played. To where, you know, I come back home, I can bomb the ball wherever I want at home for the, for the most part and get away with it. Whereas if you go to some of those courses, um, it's more of a positional course where, you know, if you're not in the fairway, you're laying up and you're going to try to get up and down for par. Whereas some of these local courses, I mean, I can just hit it wherever I want, as far as I want, and still have a shot at the green.
0: So you have to be strategic.
1: Yeah, you have to be way more strategic and way more precise. And when you come home, I mean, it, it definitely helps you because the way you're playing is different. You know, you're thinking, oh, man, it's wide open here. But it just makes it so much easier to where, you know, you're almost hitting it straighter because at the other courses, you're forced to hit it straight. When you come back home and you're playing these courses that, for the most part, are kind of wide open, it's just so much more relieving to know that, oh, I can miss the fairway and still
0: be okay. So you actually hit the ball better. Because you're not as worried about it. So the education you got on these college courses just helped you come back and dominate everybody? Uh, I, I wouldn't say dominate, but... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, I'm, now I just got myself in trouble, see? <laughs> I have some friends that are at the Illinois Valley Men's Golf Championship every single year. So I will definitely hear from them like, hey, he didn't dominate everybody. I,
1: this year was definitely, uh, yeah, until the back nine, I really, you know, I always thought that I had a chance to win, but after the front nine, I was, <laughs> it was, I was losing time, but luckily on the back nine, I finally played the way that I
0: know I can play, and it, it worked out. One question I try to ask every golfer because I always get a different answer. Uh-huh. Who's your favorite PGA golfer? Uh, I'm going to give the pretty standard answer, Tiger Woods. Not even close. Actually, I probably had five or six golfers on, and nobody has said Tiger Woods. Really? I swear, nobody. I'm about as diehard of a Tiger Woods fan as you can get.
1: Like I said, I mean, I, I've been playing golf since I was probably, you know, four years old. I wasn't really ever that into it because I played basketball and baseball and, you know, other sports. But for some reason, I was always, like, my first golf memory that I can really remember is Tiger chipping in at the 2005 Masters. And ever since
0: then, I've just been absolutely hooked on him. So in 2005, you're what? Seven? Eight? No, I was 10 years old. <laughs> I'm not good with math, obviously. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. I was like, well, you we graduated in 2013. I was uh, trying to figure yeah. stuff out. That didn't matter. you up, but, uh, two years isn't much.
1: <laughs> so that's my first real memory. And then even I wasn't playing golf,
0: but I just, every tournament Tiger was in, I would watch yeah, I've gotten a ton of different answers, and every time that I, I remember the first time that I asked it, I'm like, okay, they're going to say Tiger Woods, and then they didn't, and then the second time, they didn't. So I'm surprised that well, you're the first one well, to Maybe say Tiger Woods. Maybe their favorite is Tiger Woods, but they don't want to be the generic Tiger Woods guy. Oh, that's a, good, that's a good point. Yeah. I could totally see that. But no, I'll give you the straight answer of Tiger Woods. Perfect. I like it. I, I do like Rory, though. I, I like Rory a lot, too. I don't really pay super close attention to the PGA, but I'll check out the scores and you know, who shot what and see in the middle of the year where everybody's standing and stuff like that. Uh, I am a fan of Rory's too. Yeah, I
1: I just, I could watch him swing all day. His swing is, I wish my swing looked like his swing.
0: If you had to compare your swing to another PGA golfer, who would it, who would you say? Oh boy. I don't even know. Um, Swing
1: plane wise, I, I have no idea. But the way, like, Bryson DeChambeau has been swinging, I mean, that's kind of what I, I just swing as hard as I can and hit the ball as far as I can. And Bryson DeShambo has kind of been doing that lately. I mean, our swings are nowhere near similar, but just the aspect of how
0: hard we swing is probably uh, pretty similar. Now, growing up with golf and playing golf and, you know, after you decided, like, hey, this is my sport, maybe not basketball or baseball or anything else, did you try to emulate Tiger or another golfer or you just – you know, got to the course and try to do your own thing. I mean, I'll watch their swings, but
1: I never, I don't like analyze my swing like crazy and, you know, I'll try to fix my takeaway or fix where I'm at at the top of my swing. I, my mind doesn't work that way. I, I'm much better off if I'm just not thinking about my swing and just trying to react. Definitely more of a field player than a technique player. I find myself when I'm thinking about my
0: swing, I'm not playing good. Got ya. Yeah. So you're not like Tiger in the fact that you're firing every caddy that you ever had. Okay. Now you're gonna cause an argument here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tiger's only had three caddies in his life, and the one left him. Well, when he walked away from the game, I think Stevie Williams. Oh, I no. They. I think Tiger definitely fired him. Never mind. <laughs> I, think, I think Tiger did fire him But the, the one he's got now He's been with for like 6 or 7 years now And that one I think, they're, I think they'll be sticking together
0: I did make it a big number Or seem like a big number And over exaggerate Because when he does fire a caddy It is worldwide news Yeah
1: anything he does is worldwide news He's one of those athletes that Even if you don't play the sport His name just His name comes up You, you don't have to watch golf to know What Tiger Woods is
0: doing Did you check out the little competition that they had in the middle of the first round of COVID-19 with him and Peyton Manning against Tom Brady and Phil Memphis? Yeah, Yeah, that was pretty cool because
1: I think they did a couple of those. I think um, like Rory and Dustin Johnson and them, they kind of did a similar game. At that point, there was nothing to watch on TV. I mean, we were watching Cornhole and... I mean, it was just not, there was, all, all you were watching was reruns, re-run, so it was, it was nice to at least get something that was current.
0: So yeah, I definitely followed those. I thought those were pretty cool. I probably watched more 2016 Chicago Cubs games during COVID in 2020 than I actually did in 2016. Yeah, I mean, when you don't have sports, you realize how much you need sports. Yeah, it's very true. It's our lives for big majority yeah, I mean, of us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even I
1: don't consider myself an avid sports watcher. I I definitely am a big sports fan, but I find myself like on the ESPN app, I'll I'll be checking scores and I'll be looking at
0: stats, but I don't actually watch. Maybe I'll watch highlights. But when you don't have it, it's like, Well, what do I do now? Did you start looking up like how to garden or (laughs) be a handyman? I started just cooking more, I guess. I actually did that too, not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, I found out that I really enjoy cooking, so something that COVID did for me. What are some things that you enjoy cooking the most? Are you a baker? Are you a griller? What kind of cooking do you do? I'm definitely not a baker. Um, I actually just picked up a steak at Kroger. Yeah, I prefer, like, grilling meat. That's like the man way to go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm so manly because I got my steaks. (laughs) Charcoal grill or gas grill? That's a great question that I don't have a good answer for. Oh, come on. It depends what you're cooking. I think a charcoal grill for steaks and for, um, you know, maybe burgers. But I think a gas grill is probably better for, um, like, chicken and stuff. Okay. I like that answer. I like that. Makes sense. I'm a charcoal grill guy through and through. What about the flat stove grills, or like the what are they called? Like the blackstone grills that are flat tops that you can cook like breakfast foods on. Oof,
0: I don't know. I've had a couple friends tell me because I'm I'm buying a house in
1: in Ottawa. I'm trying to decide what kind of grill I want. I've had a couple of people tell
0: me I need to get a blackstone grill. That's they're like a flat. If you ever been to steak and Shake, it's kind of like it looks like that. Okay, and when I was in college, I worked at Steak and Shake, so now I kind of know what you're talking about. There you go. That's what it. That's what it is. Those are cool, and I, and I love Steak and Shake, so I'm hoping that maybe that's the right choice. Maybe I just like the charcoal taste flavor, but yeah, no, uh, I, I don't, I don't think you can go wrong. No, 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 no. Any grill is a good grill, but you know we're yeah. human beings and have our favorites and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So you said that you're. Buying a house in Ottawa, so you are back in the area, staying in the area. What are you doing when you're not on the golf course? Working.
1: I have I some mortgage loans, which, if anyone is listening, rates are really good right now. You should probably look at refinancing.
0: So now we're going to start fighting because you work at a bank and I work at a bank, and it's not the same bank.
1: Uh,
0: well,
1: are you in the mortgage department? I am
0: not. I am customer service. I'll see- well, see then we're not fighting we're on different ends <laughs> but you can't try to take the customers from my bank to your bank for loans well
1: i mean at the end of the day i'm doing mortgages and i mean are you more on the like the saving side yeah um, so get your checking account at first state bank or whatever and get your mortgage loan through bailey lear first federal there we go
0: i, I appreciate that that was a good way to put it <laughs> <laughs> Go to me personally for your checking and savings accounts and your CDs and go to you for loans. There you go. Perfect. We met. See, that's a good way to meet in the middle. I love it. So did you go to schooling for accounting or anything to do with banks or was it just kind of something stumbled upon?
1: I've always been attracted to numbers. Anything I do, I just like working with numbers. Um, so actually when I started, I started pretty simple with business management. And then when I went to stretch, I kind of put like a focus on accounting. But then I did all the accounting classes and realized I did not want to do accounting. Now I kind of just fell into uh, First Federal. I started on the saving side and they kind of just moved me around into the loan department. But I've always known I wanted to do something business-wise. So I went to school specifically for, you know, economics, finance, accounting. And then
0: I kind of just found my way. I have my eyesight on uh, moving around the bank as well. Probably not going to stay in customer service forever, but good way, good way to start. Absolutely, I'm, and
1: that's what's nice about the banking world is there's a lot of different options for where you can go. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's, it's a good route to take. Can't disagree with you about that. I totally agree. <laughs> there you go. And if you did notice earlier when I was trying to figure out when you graduated and how old you were in 2005, I need a little work with my numbers, but I'm, I'm improving. Hey, yeah, you're getting there. Practice makes perfect. That's what you have a calculator for though. Oh yeah, we got calculators of all kinds. <laughs> I was joking with a customer probably about a week ago. I was adding something up. It's like, that's a big calculator. And I was like, well, I got many calculators. I got this big one here. I got one on my computer. I can take on my cell phone. And he just started laughing. <laughs> that's all you need. Calculate and you'll be fine. Yes, absolutely. Well, Bailey, I want to first congratulate you on the three-peat Illinois Valley Men's Championship. They I appreciate now you're engaged, you're looking to buy a house, a lot of big moves for you Yeah, right I'm now. getting old. Start graying. My hair's going to start
1: graying now and I'll probably start bald. <laughs> well, I've already balded a little while <laughs> ago, so you got a few years left. Yeah, there we go. That, at least I can
0: live the good life for a couple more years until everything starts it. Well, it looks like you're on the way of making everything around you enjoyable. So either when you do go gray or you start balling, you have other things to be proud of or, you know, successful with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, golf's always been, it's been pretty good to me. And it's,
1: even people that aren't into golf, I, I would recommend it because it's just, even if you're not competitive with it, it's just a great, you know, a social game. Like, it, it's a great way to meet people and you can just go out, play some golf, have some drinks with your friend. It's just a really good game.
0: Okay, now that you bring that up, I got one more question for you before I let you go. okay. So, you're in these tournaments, Illinois Valley Men's Golf Championship, you can drink, drinking with your friends, on the course. How is it different playing in that environment from the school environment when there is no drinking involved? There's still competitiveness, but probably a different level. The difference between school and now? We'll just say alcoholic golfing and non-alcoholic golfing. For me, non-alcoholic golfing is, like,
1: becoming smaller and smaller of a thing. Even during the tournament, I'll have a couple drinks. Non-alcoholic golfing is, you're so much more focused on the
0: tournament. Yeah, I've always been interested in that. I mean, you see these high school kids, even in the tournament that, you know, maybe a year or two out of high school, that can't really drink yet. And then, you know, fast forward five, six years, and they're on the course drinking with everybody else, and it's... That's me.
1: (laughs) I think it's an intensity level. When there's no alcohol and you're right out of the gate, like you're out of high school. I played with one. The, his name's Ian Roach. He's just. I think he just graduated from. What was it Putnam
0: County? Yep, just graduated Putnam County, and going to IVCC uh, next year. And
1: his intensity level was definitely there. He was. He was definitely really into it. I was pretty impressed with his game. You can definitely tell. I the intensity level on. You know the people that aren't drinking. It's a
0: lot higher. So that's the difference. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I mean, I, am definitely, I try not to act intense. I mean, obviously in my head, I'm very intense with, you know, I want to win. You know, when I try to act like that on the outside, it's just not, I, I'm much better when I'm just trying to play easygoing and like be friendly with everyone. than you know, just think to myself like, Oh, I want to win. I'm going to make this part. I'm going to do this. I, I don't, I don't play like Tiger Woods does. Like he just doesn't talk to anyone and he walks along this on his way and he does everything his way. i I always play better when it's more of a social thing.
0: So then, a few drinks are probably more beneficial for you. Yeah. Sort of. It definitely. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes you think less. Definitely, especially when you're in a social environment with other people having a few drinks, playing. Sometimes. Yeah, I. Yeah, I always love playing
1: with you know people that I already know, and it's nice to play with people I've never met. Even in a tournament, I mean, I'm playing with people I don't know, and you just get to meet new people. It's just pretty unique to. Other sports because, like in baseball or team sports, you know you have your team, and yeah, you're playing against the other team, and you, you know you might be trash talking them, but you don't actually get to like talk to them on a personal level while
0: you're playing. But I think that's pretty cool about golf. That makes a lot of sense. Maybe you should start a golf podcast when you're just on <laughs> a golf cart or on the green and just start talking to people. Yeah. Just, yeah. Maybe maybe thirty years from now. Uh, maybe I should do that. I'll start that. <laughs> I'll start that next year. There you go. Yeah, that's. I think that's more down your route than mine. I'll let you play. I'll do the podcasting. There you go. We'll we'll stick with that. Perfect. Well, Bailey, thanks again. Really appreciate you spending some time with Edge of Your Seat Podcast and talking golf yeah. and banking and all that good stuff that's going on yeah. in your life. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me.